Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 BA fam. We have an awesome, amazing episode with one of our faves, the Amanda Seals. But before we get her to come on, we need to talk Webby's. Webby's chat that real quick. Okay. We're mm. slaying at the Webby's or whatever. I think we're 53%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Dreamcatchers, they always they always bring it bring it home for us. Girl, the Dreamcatchers. Well, the thing is, even before the Dreamcatchers, we was already slaying. But, you know, I was like, We you was know. slaying. We were but slaying. definitive KO. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. We want a TKO. Like I said, I want to be in the black, like Wakanda black. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't want to be stressed and pressed. I want to. So we're super, like, because when is the voting? When's the last day of voting? The last day of voting, actually, this is, yes, perfect timing because the last day of voting is this Thursday, April okay. 20th. So, so if you're get listening your to the sound in. of our voice, go ahead go. and over to brownambitionpodcast.com. And there yes. is a beautiful banner that Mandy put up there. And, um, you can literally click and vote for our podcast. It's nominated. And although right now we're 53% of the votes, which, you know, it's just a slight lead. Um, <laughs> it would just be nice to not have anybody sliding at the last moment. <laughs> you know, and it's the people's choice. So yes. I, it means a lot. Um, yes. And hey, we are 53%. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> No, we made our trip. We're like, <laughs> oh, Aww. it's just Overly nice. But it is. It was nice so fun last nice. year, and I was so sad that you couldn't come. It's May fifteenth, though. So if you free, I'm free. We going. You no, know, you know what? I mean, I'm if we win, sure. yeah, I don't. I don't. Let me, let me put it on my calendar because obviously, please well, come. The producer broke the third wall. She said, "I'm coming." <laughs> <laughs> of Our course, you're Monty coming, came, right? So I'm putting my calendar right now. B A. Yes. It's a Monday when we normally would tape our our um our podcast. It's a Monday. B A. Yes. Um, it's a good look, time. Look, look, look! I'm already like, am I ch- catting the chickens before they hatch? Webby Awards. No. <laughs> Is that manifest? Bad? No, manifest it, babes. <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited. Can you give um, me a sitter. I'm gonna have a a, a 911 on. Well, I'll have them speed dial. <laughs> it's fine. Worst case scenario, I'm only a, I'm only like an hour drive from the hospital, so I'm fine. <laughs> It'll be a good story. <laughs> yeah, so excited, y'all. But let's put the Webbies aside for a second and focus on today's guest. I cannot wait for y'all to hear this interview. Without further ado, here's our chat with the one, the only Amanda Seals. Hey, 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 we're back, we're black, we're brown, <laughs> ambition, 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 y'all, we are, we super black, we're we're midnight black today. We are Wakanda black on today. Smart, right? funny, because and black today. What? Hey, hey. Smart, funny, and black today. Because we have the most awesome, awesome guest in the stew um, that just like has just turned the blackness up another notch. 
you know? And so, um, for first of all, Mandra, how are you, girl? Because your, your curls are popping. I'm so excited to talk to Amanda Seals. I don't know. I can't handle myself. <laughs> I was trying to find, I, I, I want to know if you wrote this bio for yourself because I just loved it. Can I please read this bio from your website for Smart, Funny, and Black? I was I like, absolutely wrote this bio myself. This? I can tell and I wish more people, mm, I'm going to read it because y'all need to know. You, you probably know her as I do from Insecure. You loved her on that show, but she is so much more. And after, you know, closing out that chapter has just like blown up and is doing so many incredible things. She is i feel like first and foremost a comedian and a creative visionary and she's educated so when she says smart she means it masters in african-american studies from columbia university you also went to undergrad with my husband at the same as around the same time suny purchase what what interesting <laughs> after seamlessly blending humor and intellect her unique style of smart funny content spans various genres she's best known for her iconic role i would say it's iconic as tiffany dubois of HBO's Insecure, her debut stand-up comedy special, I Be Known, as a as a former co-host on the daytime talk show, The Real, which I think Tiff's been on a couple times, and the, ho the host of NBC's Bring the Funny. She is the host and writer of the 2020, you were the host, right? The 2020 BET Awards. She speaks mm -hmm. truth to power via her incredible Instagram feed, at Amanda Seals, plus has a weekly podcast called Small Doses and a book by the same name. It continues to go on, okay? <laughs> Always an advocate for Black voices, she founded Smart, Funny, and Black Productions to produce and create art as an edutainment as edutainment across the media landscape by any joke necessary. This is my favorite part. As a Jedi Khaleesi, respect, with the Patronus <laughs> that's a Black Panther with wings, Amanda Seals continues to keep audiences laughing, thinking, and living in their truth. What, what? And she's hello. here on Brown Ambition. Hello. <laughs> hello, 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 hello. It's great to be here. When do you sleep, my friend? You know, I actually get a lot of sleep. I don't play about the sleep. Okay. I mean, I wake up. I find that I can't sleep when there's like a issue that's hovering overhead. Then I end up waking up at 5.30. And I mean, this is clockwork. Like it's always 5.30. I wake up at 5.30 like, you cannot sleep on this. You must fix this. And yeah. uh, and then I hop to it. Like there's an issue hovering overhead right now. So I've been up since 5.30. Which of the many. <laughs> I hopped on IG earlier to see what you had. And it's like, Amanda has posted 11 times since you last came here. I said, what? I just saw this on well, I'm yesterday. Literally, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a post right now while we're talking because I have to post this. Uh, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but I have to post this video for uh, Justin Pearson um, supporting the rally for him because they are going to vote to reinstate him and he doesn't have the same support as uh representative jones did in nashville we just talked about well, that in the guard part or we literally were just talking about that like how crazy that is and i'm like ain't these people tired like damn what does it take they're not I fueled just, by the same thing so they're not tired yeah i just I if they were tired like mitch mcconnell wouldn't be alive do you know what i'm saying yeah. like Cause you're like, how do you, how are you? Like you're, you're living on something else. Cause your body is evil <laughs> is yeah. You're living on evil. Like your body is like yes. disintegrating before us. Yes. But somehow you managed to keep on <laughs> literally bones walking and you're just like, yeah, it, you're right. It is something else. It's just, cause it's just, uh, I just, I just cannot fathom what kind of life that must be like. Cause I'm thinking at the end of the day, you know, you have to go home and be with yourself. And what is that like? You know, like what joy does that bring you? Like at the end of the, I don't care how wealthy, how connected, how anything you are, how much access you have at the, at some point we all will not be here. 
And so I'm just like, what is the end goal? You know, to live the most wicked life possible and then to not be here. I just, yeah, so. It's, well, if you assume you're going to heaven, then you don't worry about what you do in this life, right? So mm-hmm. like they just assume. And I don't know, I, I at this point I'm like, well, I'm going to heaven because I've done my time in hell because that's where we at. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, it's a live simulation. It really, it's it it's really show. trippy. Um, and so you know, I find myself just constantly having to sleep. To answer your question, I I have to sleep in order to manage it. I don't know where I read the other day. I think it was the Warrior of Light, where it was like lack of sleep basically like makes you fight battles you've already fought you've already won <laughs> like no, when you tired maybe rest is resistance i love that book. yeah like when you're tired you would be like <sighs> and then you take a nap or you eat and you're like oh i already i actually had already done found the solution for that yeah got it mm. well you made such a i want to know was it a conscious choice for you because as an actor that's how i first you know discovered you but you also are an artist and a comedian and all of that I feel like you have made a choice to walk across the hot coals that so many like people in public profiles avoid, which is I'm going to speak out. I'm going to use my voice. And you've talked openly about this. Like, why aren't more people like you crossing that fire? And why is it perceived to be a fire? Um, But I wanted to ask you, like, what was that decision? Was it a decision or was it just like there's no other option for me that I can't not be quiet when these things are happening? I mean, I think what I've had to come to grips with is that it was more of a decision to be an actor okay that was that you see what i'm saying <laughs> like that's actually the it was it was the reverse i was always this person the decision was to go and act but i've always been the outspoken person like when i was three i came home and was like the teacher called us stupid what's going to happen to her what are we doing oh, wow oh man not toddler amanda i'd be terrified <laughs> <laughs> my mom said i was a very intense child <laughs> no, like, um, and I wasn't a snitch. I was just like, that's unacceptable. And I will not accept the unacceptable. So what are we doing about it? The and the next day my mom <laughs> came to the school. And I, re- I remember like in my mind's eye at three years old, seeing my mom come in. I don't know. I don't know what she said other than what she's told me. But I remember like her body coming into the room and like the littleness of me and seeing the bigness of that and being like, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. What y'all gonna do? Watch now? your mouth. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you cash. What check. have you done to preserve that little girl? Because I feel like yeah. so many of us start that way, and then over time, I mean, I think T- Tiff and I have no problem speaking our minds now. But I definitely went through a phase where I was just silent from like mm. six until fourteen, just scared really? and not wanting to ruffle. For yeah. So, what do you credit for your? Um, yeah, ability to just like speak out and put yourself out there. I I, I don't think we should take I it mean, for granted. I, it's it's impressive. It's a it's a skill. I didn't have an impressive household. Had my father like the type of person he is, had he lived in my house, I think I would have gone through that. But mm. he didn't. And had I feel like my my mom was always very much like you need to know your father. So, but it was never like you need to like him. It was just like you like I I was never shaped like it was just kind of you are given a space to decide like what what you want and that was like with my father that was with like adults like I was always encouraged to have an opinion to her chagrin but I think I but I was always encouraged to have an opinion and to form an opinion and I I don't even know if I was as encouraged as much as like expected to 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 synthesize in that way and 
I think some of that was, you know, a, a thoughtfulness on my mom's part. And I think some of it was just her own like limitations of emotional maturity. But I think at the end of the day, it served me better than it, than it hurt me in that respect, because it forced me to be in the world. And where did I grow up? Yeah. East Coast, West LA Coast, and Orlando. So. I wonder if that, cause I grew up in Georgia and it was in a, in a very like in a household where the men were the talkers, you know, you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So there weren't a lot of like personal and it was before like Instagram and social media, you had mm-hmm. so much access to visually seeing women um, like yourself today. Um, I caught you up. Who I, fortunately. You know who else I was seeing? I was seeing like Whitley Gilbert and Whitley Gina and like I, like pop culture was very present in my life like I was watching Claire Huxtable and Denise Huxtable like I was very very lucky to be born at a time where we got to see just such a multitude of black women on our screens and that's why you know for us pop culture is is different than for white people because pop culture it our characters exist in a way that is very real <laughs> because they it has managed to allow our stories to get told in ways that our actual stories were silenced right but like i was i mean i was watching vivian banks like i just you know the, these are women that i was seeing and then i also had black teachers so like my first grade teacher was a black woman shout to miss channel my second grade teacher was a black woman shout to miss sean law bowman like i mean i wanted to be these people and so I think that's that's the thing. I'm, I mean, I have a I have a journal from fourth grade where my fourth grade teacher, Miss Tellis, was leaving to move to Georgia. And uh, I have an entry in there that says you were my only black teacher at this school and now you're leaving. Oh. <laughs> I still think about my only black teacher, Miss Parks, fifth grade when we had to move it's away. It's real, right? That she was when I moved to Orlando, too. So it was really like. No, really, you're the only black teacher at the school. Like, yeah. Do not leave me. <laughs> so I have a question, like how... Is this one of the reasons, like, how have you been able to navigate being, like, as bold as you are in this space where sometimes, especially with women, that, like, you get penalized financially, like, not being able to have access to grow. I've never to, been penalized financially. That's the story they want us to believe. Mm. Correct. No one will hire right. you. Correct. You speak out. Yeah. As someone I've who's never been fired been, And listen, I'm light-skinned, so there's that could be part of it, but we also know that, like, you only light skin until you open your mouth, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then you're whatever deter whatever version of black they feel like. Like I'm James Baldwin black once I open I feel my mouth. So <laughs> seen right so, now. <laughs> you know, yes. I'm I am definitely four C black once I open my mouth to the whites. Like so they're like, felt ah. like um, that you were like you didn't get any opportunities or whatever as a result of like you showing up not one that yourself. I wanted. Okay, so that's the thing. You know, a lot of it is perspective. Like I just decided. I don't want anything that I can't be fully black at. Like, I don't, I don't even like these Oscars, these Grammys, like at one point it was like, that's a goal. And then I realized like, I, I don't care. Um, I see everybody excited to go to the white house. I'm like, why? Like there's a certain misplaced prestige. I feel that's attached to a lot of things that don't support blackness and don't support actually challenging things. You know, I'm, Mm very loud about us being loud and and honest about the experience that we're having in this nation that you know like i want to see that and i want to see it being done when other people are being quiet and i think that's why some people really rock with me is because they've seen me be quote unquote impolite about 
yeah. that. I've, yeah. I mean, I think that there was a certain point in time where a lot of people were telling me like, you, you know, you're going to lose, you're going to lose this opportunity by being so outspoken. Da, 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 da. And I think a lot of people assign my outspokenness to blackness also to an outspokenness of like, oh, she's difficult. So like they take that, that, and then assign it to that. And I also am difficult. So then it's on top of that. Because I'm, if you if your shit isn't together, I just have no patience, and I'm supposed to be like really sweet and nice, and it's just like I'm irritated now. I think we're all in that phase now. This is like a lifestyle, hit- baby. This is not a phase. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that that season. It's boundaries and expectations. There's nothing wrong because I feel like women are taught to like. Like I grew up in such a like weird dichotomy. Like my my hmm. parents are Nigerian. My father is very very <laughs> Nigerian, which extra Nigerian. Like <laughs> Like, you know, very male dominated society, you know, like this is just like, but he had all girls. There was five of us. And I remember distinctly when he sat me down and said, so I'm not going to have a son. Like we keep trying. It's just all the girls. And it was my expectation that if I have a son, I was going to pass on the knowledge, the, all the things to him. And then if I, when I'm not here, I know that my son will look after my girls but that's not going to happen. I remember him nope. telling me, I have to now teach you like I would have taught my son. Was he like proud to do it or was it like a, <sighs> all right, well, nigga, fine. Well, no, it was more like, I'm afraid if I don't, I can't be here for you always. So I'm going to have to teach you to manage your money. I'm going to have to teach you to change your oil. I'm going to have to teach you to be a boss. I'm going to have to teach you to be um, confident. All So it was such a blessing because it would not have happened because that's just not part of ah, the culture. You know, and so he poured all of that into, you know, so it's like I got to go into the world as like, I don't know if there's anybody more um, confident than a Nigerian man. I mean, literally, (laughs) two two feet, two inches and be like, I'm the most beautiful man. (laughs) (laughs) So we got to come into the world. I didn't even know. I used to be at school like, what what do you mean? Like, I am the bride. Like, I'm like, oh, wait, is that is that arrogance? I, I wasn't aware just because. So that was the blessing. But then there's also the side of me that it was also very people pleasing because there was still this other yeah. um, expectation that women Same. are meant to be quiet, you know? So it was just such a struggle. So when I see you, like, I see, like, you know, without restriction, you know, what black girls can be when they're not afraid, you know, when they're not people pleasing, you know, when they set boundaries. And so, like, I always say, I wish I could be my niece Amelia because she's six. My therapist is always like, what would Amelia do? Because she is a free black girl. When I tell you, Amelia's like, I'm sorry, what? You can't talk to her any kind of way. You cannot, like, the other day I took her to the museum and she was literally looking at all the paintings and she was not impressed. She was asking me everyone's name, like, can you sound out that name for me? And then when we got back, she made a picture and said, I want to bring this back to the museum. I'm like, oh, to show show the curator? She said, no, to put on the wall. There it is. better. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I, I mean. I want to be Amelia. I'm like, what? She was like, girl, I synced it, wasn't impressed. Yeah, I saw it. I took it in, and you know, this is what I'm my artwork is better. So, you know, and so I, I just, love that. when I see you, I see like what Amelia can be if <laughs> I'm <honored>. mindful <laughs> not to hold her back and allow her to just right. be this free, beautiful black girl. Yeah. I mean, I will tell you, I was encouraged. You know, I just, I think that's like the thing. I was really encouraged. Like, and I wasn't participation award encouraged. It was just more so like, I was encouraged to try. I wasn't rewarded just for trying, but I was encouraged to try. And then if I 
didn't like something or it just wasn't my jam, I wasn't punished. And I think that's the thing. It's like, we don't need participation awards, but we just don't need to punish for failing, like for not winning, you know, and, and identifying that there's like other things you can excel in. And for me, I think uh, excellence was always presented to me as an individual, like goal, not as an outward goal. And I think for a lot of black folks, like we, identify excellence as like an attainment of a certain level of stature or status or a certain level of money. Like it's very capitalism based, right? It's very award based. Like excellence to me is like just as much. So excellence to me can be like, you went to Columbia and you made it happen and like got your graduate degree. And excellence to me can also be like, you were an addict and you got like into the program and you are committed. And even though you've fallen off, you're getting back on like that, like excellence is your own journey of continuing to try to make this life valuable. And I think that that's been like, for me, just expect it's been experiencing in a multitude of ways. And I've just had to, at this point, stick to my guns in what matters to me. And that's changed over the years, like particularly over the pandemic, like that really changed. Mm -hmm. In what way? What were you striving for before that sort of changed? During I, think the I, was well, I was striving for like a very um, traditional attainment of accomplishments, like on this Hollywood path, like it's like a very traveled path and it's very like, okay, you did this. Now you do this now. You did this, now you do this now. And so it's kind of like, well, you did a TV show, now you need to be in a movie. Uh, you created your own web series, now you need to get a production deal. You put out a book, now it needs to be a bestseller. Uh, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like it's a very trodden yeah. path. And it's like, if you, I really struggled with the fact that like, <laughs> I was expected to be on this path, but it wasn't exciting. But being an actor wasn't even your main, wasn't like you said, it was like something you decided to do, whereas being outspoken yeah, but, in activism was different. So was it sort of like a realizing? Epiphany. Yeah, yes. Sorry, say what you're going to say, because I'm cutting you off. My no, I was going to say, was it sort of like realizing, okay, I chose to go down this path, but mm, I can choose also to change my mind again and go down a different way. Yes. And I literally just experienced this again two days ago, <laughs> like literally oh. two days ago, because I had, I, I, I randomly, it's funny how the universe, God, Dumbledore, whoever you want to talk to. Not it's Dumbledore. Hello. Hello, Hamora. It's just funny how <laughs> you, you are tested, you know, like you are really tested and I, it, 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 you're really, and tested is maybe not the word, but like, you're just kind of checked in on and like, is this, is it, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And if you're very, if you're alert, you see it. And so I had um, a manager come into my space that is like a, a, a pretty high level Hollywood manager who was very enthusiastic about managing me. And he started speaking to the dark parts of myself the parts that I don't honor anymore. He started speaking to the parts that, you know, think attainment of wealth is going to really like mean something to me. Uh, he started speaking to the parts of me that wanted fame, right? That fame is maybe not the word, but that wanted a certain, what I was talking about before, that wanted these like elevated levels of visibility in this space. And they started waking up like, what? What do you, yeah. And then the, but the parts of me that have found themselves in a much higher vibration were like, yeah, I don't know. 
know though like i don't know y'all i called everybody i know like should i do i do this should i do this and i really i ended up deading it like i ended up deading it because he was like really not and this is a here's a money thing for y'all so in this business these managers uh it's like an it's an industry standard that when a manager starts managing you they just take 10 percent of your business from that point forward so whether um i mean and sure there may be things that have already been in place so they're not going to get 10 percent of that but that anything new that comes in they're going to take 10 percent of that now the problem with that is that there's a caveat right because ultimately the things that are coming in you were not a part of attaining and even if you are going to have a conversation with the people about them even if you are perhaps going to organize the logistics of them like is that really a 10 percent job 10 <laughs> percent is a significant amount of money to be getting for just being here and so my thing is, I don't feel like you should just get 10% of jobs that you did not bring in just because you are here. And I think it's a very fair expectation that if someone wants to be a partner in your business, that there should be a certain level of sweat equity aligned with eat what you kill, right? That's to me what I think is fair. You can simultaneously get your 10% on anything you bring to the table, but demonstrate some sweat equity about the things that I'm bringing to the table and that are already here. And that I think can also allow us to have a fair exchange around learning each other. Now, I'm not saying this has to be forever, but I think there's a fair amount of time, but they don't want to do that because they feel like, no, I'm at a certain position in this career that I deserve. I deserve. You don't deserve anything of mine, actually. And that level of entitlement anyone coming into your business with that level of entitlement, I think it's going to be a problem. <laughs> I think it's going to be, be a problem. And it's a, yeah, no, you're right. Because I, I see it all the time. Like now more and more like in the, this, um, like a creator society that we live in. So many of my friends in the financial space, I'm like, literally like, why do you have a manager? I remember thinking, why? Like, <laughs> yes, what? and I was like, so, cause so I have a spokesperson agent and anything she brings to me, or yes. anything I send yes. to her, she yes. gets her 15%. I'm like, hey, yes. can you negotiate this thing? Yep. But other than that, my business is mine. If she Correct. doesn't negotiate it, she doesn't get it. She's like, I can negotiate your speaking engagements. I'm like, oh, that's cute. Don't need you to do that. Because it's just it's just literally like, can you come speak at records? Sure. I don't need, you're not getting 15% to Listen, say Listen, can you come speak at records? How much y'all got? And yep. they have how much they have. Like, <laughs> you might like, say, like, like can, you put more, can you put five on it? And they like, we can exactly. put two. All right. So, and I understand and she knows that. So she's not negotiating that. But the parts are like, you know, you're working with a the brand. There's all these nuance. I'm like, let's throw yes. that to her. Yes. And, you know, but I, I tell my friends all the time, why? Do you have someone who literally gets a piece of every single thing that has nothing to do with them? And I didn't realize that that was coming from like a, kind of like the entertainment space. Even with book signing, I remember I was signing like my um, my book deal, and in it, I had another attorney, like my friend who's an attorney, take a look at it too. She's like, "No, no, this part of if you ever get a show or whatever that your book agent gets part of it, take that out because maybe back in the day when there was no social media, like if I get a show, it's because of my fifteen years worth of work not because of this book and so you have to be so careful because i don't want to be it's slavery honestly if you ask me i don't want someone to eat off me indefinitely forever and ever and ever and ever and not have put in um any work I've, i actually had a friend who had to buy back her business from her manager so that's what i was about to say so he was like okay well how about we do this how about we 
I'll, I'll, I'll work all in for two months. And then if it doesn't work, if you don't feel like it's working, I'll refund you any commissions that I paid you. I mean, I'll refund you any commissions that you paid me on things that you had brought in yourself. And you know, there's a part of you that's like, well, okay, it's worth a try, whatever. But ultimately he wouldn't put it in writing, like Mm -hmm. not even in an email. I said I needed in writing and he was like, well, let this text be our deal in writing. And I was like, no, no, I need it in writing. And he said, ha ha, we'll figure it out. And I was like, you know what? And I called my homegirl and she was like, absolutely not. (sighs) Doesn't part of you in that moment because she was like, he's too slippery and (laughs) managers can sue you for commission. Part of it too is like even to be approached by someone of that you think of that caliber and they tell you who they work with. And part of that is almost it's that trap of going after things that have been um, that are sort of like seen as being an attainment of success, too. It sounds fancy yep. to say I have a manager. You know, I went through this recently trying to get a book agent and um, having to to really focus on the relationship and the people and not so much like how lucky I am to be, you know, mm-hmm. and they'll from hold their that perspective. Over your head. Yeah, like, oh, but you're with us. We're a big name and et cetera. And obviously I get to I get to watch, you know, Tiffany and she's, you know, steps ahead of me and it's really helpful. And it's good to hear you too. You have those girlfriends or friends that you turn to for advice in those moments because if we had to figure it out alone, I think that's how mistakes get made. And that's how you end up selling your soul to the devil. I have friends that remind me who I am. You know, sometimes you just you have all parts of you, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I have girlfriends who sometimes will like say something back to me and I get to hear it. And I'm like, oh, that sounds crazy. Okay, yeah, now I understand. <laughs> like, it's a, when I said it in my space. head, it didn't sound like that. But yeah. now that you're saying it to me, okay. it sounds crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. I don't know where we would be. I always say that, like, what do people do without sister girlfriends? Well, you know, listen, a lot of folks are really out here And they don't feel like they can talk to anybody and they don't trust anybody. And that's usually because they have been wronged, you know, Mm -hmm. and I get it, man. It's it's and it's a it took me a while to get sister girlfriends, too. I mean, also say like I feel like I had homegirls, but it's taken me a while to like find people that I think understand like the particularly the biz, how the business and my individuality and my identity all align, right? Because there's friends that I don't call for that, you know, but then there's friends that I ha- I, th- I feel like have a very uh, intrinsic understanding, particularly of the uniqueness of being a public figure that is, whose business is based on your point of view and the way that that can sometimes become conflicted and how you have to really be thoughtful, about the ethics and about the optics and you can get taken down a road sometimes. Um, and you have to, and you, you have to check, you have to self-check, you have to be holistic in your approach of like, wait a minute, let me make sure all the points of this make sense. I remember there was like a, there was a brand that wanted me to be their spokesperson for an initiative they were doing on changing the definition of the world, of the word black. And I was just like, yeah, like that's not, I don't really feel like I'm the right person for that. And they were like, why? I was like, well, one, because I'm light-skinned. So we already, that's already going to be a problem. So let's start there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so unless I'm going to be with like a spectrum of folks, this is already going to be a problem. I said, but two, I don't know that this is necessary. Um, like it feels very performative other than actual like 
action-based thing. And I know there, you know, that there's a thought process like yes, language and as language has power, et cetera, et cetera. But I was like, you know, the people that we are really fighting, they call us many other names. So mm. changing the definition of the word black, I don't think is going to disrupt the way they're disrupting. Yeah. They're not changing their de- definition of black. Correct. Or treatment at, in any way. <laughs> Facts. This conversation has been amazing and we're going to continue, but we have to pay some bills, but we're going to be back and black and funny and smart. Smart, funny, and black. (laughs) Be right back, BA fam. Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Hey, BA fam, our fellow entrepreneurs and creatives. This message is sponsored by Squarespace. It is the ultimate toolkit for crafting your online presence. With Squarespace, it's really about more than just building a website. It's about shaping your online identity and making your mark. So say goodbye to checkout headaches with Squarespace's flexible payment options. From credit cards to Apple Pay, they've got you covered. And if you live in an eligible country, they offer buy now, pay later options with Afterpay and clear pay, which means that your customers have even more ways to purchase your products. So head over to squarespace.com and kickstart your journey with a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, don't forget to use our link squarespace.com slash brown ambition to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just visit squarespace.com slash brown ambition to get your discount today. Remember your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know, we work hard and we play hard. But when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment automated investment and savings app can help it do keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you know what, 
I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. And we are back with more of our candid conversation with the one, the only Amanda Seals, BA fam. You don't want to miss it. I want to I want to point out a couple of things that we have in common with you, Amanda, because I realized you recently went to Kenya, right? I saw you for a second. You probably don't remember me. I was outside of this hotel. Yeah, you You saw her in Kenya. I did. Just it was literally you. I was standing outside and like with this other beautiful black woman and you were like girl yeah i just loved your affirmation you were like you guys look fly and then you walked into the hotel <laughs> yes I, saw you for like a brief second. I and i love that i was like amanda seals told us that we looked fly yes. <laughs> <laughs> affirming black women mid women know what no matter I'm where so you go because you literally stopped and was like oh yes 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 all of this yeah, so, yeah. i saw you for a brief second <laughs> wait wait where that's hilarious because that lets I you know. know like i really be on that which hotel was that the hotel by the game reserve uh yes 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 so it's this beautiful it was this beautiful um oh uh it was nairobi right and it has like all the like like giant sculptures of the animals like yes yes (laughs) i know exactly hilarious Uh that's wild (laughs) what are the odds of that i know i know what are the i literally i thought to myself before we booked you i think yeah yeah it totally was but I thought to myself, like, you know, because, you know, there's some people you you see out in the wild and, you know, Ooh, what, literally like, yeah. Or, but, you know, they're like what you what you see of them on social media or whatever is not what you receive, you know, and oh, that well, was baby, not it you know. at all. You know, well, that's you, which, why I mean, yeah. you asked something earlier. Uh, one of you asked something earlier where it was, you asked, like, how do you how do you like keep going? You know what I'm saying? How do you stay true to this when there's sometimes maybe, you know, financial implications that will say, well, we're not going to do this because you talk like this, et cetera. But ultimately, like I really am my full self, like at all Mm -hmm. times. So I don't really get tired because I'm not really putting on, you know? And I think that's, why no you to keep saw up. me in the wild <laughs> it was exactly i mean i feel like i you know i i get a bad rap from social media um i think i'm much more yeah because i mean i'm on social media and i'm a well, lot i know you must about shit you that pisses me off um yeah. and there's a lot in the world that i feel like i'm calling attention to and i'm talking into a phone but people think i'm talking to them so like, even when I got to the real, it was like, oh, well, we're just afraid that you're going to be confrontational. And I'm like, when have you ever seen me like get at somebody, attack somebody? When? When? And no one had an answer. Crickets. And, and I was like, stop acting I, like my phone. I was on Go the ahead, real sorry. when you were on the real. Yes. Like, yes. And I mean, it was great. You know, like, yeah. So. Psychos. I, you know but i commend you for walking away from that too 
And I feel like that was another example of like, you were like, let me try this on for a minute. And then this is not yeah. for me. Because that's seen as like, I mean, to be on a talk show, to be on the real, this is like, amazing. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, she's made it. You know, it wasn't just insecure. It's all this stuff. She got this comedy special. Right. was on the real. But you walked away from it. And I do want to talk about the business side, because I feel like from that point, or was it already in the works? You were working on this like media empire business. Like you're going to produce your own stuff, create your own content. Um which is that journey I feel like from the outside looking in, you've been on ever since then with your comedy special, the game show. Is that part of a, a broader, you know, I want to own my ish movement on your end? Or has it just kind of happened that way? Um, A bit of both. I mean, I think I've always been, even before I had words for it, I've always been very ownership driven. And I remember when I was getting removed unjustly from the conservatory of theater arts and film at SUNY purchase, I found myself sitting on the floor and I was just like, dang, like I'm not going to get to do Chekhov. And then I was like, that's fine. (laughs) Because the next, what happened? I didn't know this. Yeah. I was in, I was in uh, the acting conservatory at purchase my freshman year. And then a dude lied on me and got me kicked out. And, uh, because he was trying to not, because they do cuts every year. So he was trying to not get cut. So he was like, if I sacrifice somebody, then that like like raises my chances of not getting cut. But oh. by the way, he still got cut because he's not a good actor. Um, but I ended up, um, they told me to take a year off. And then I ended up just creating my own major and saying, go fuck yourselves. But I was... In my sophomore year, you do all Chekhov. And I remember saying to myself, like, oh, my gosh, you're not going to get to do Chekhov. And then saying to myself, you know what? That's okay because you like your voice better. I remember a little voice in the back of my head saying that. And that was when I had started doing spoken word. And I was really finding my own, like, creative voice. And here we are um, when that era of the reel and the book and everything was happening. It was the first time that I was, like, being understood. It was the first time I ever felt like creatively understood. Now, simultaneously, it was also the first time I had ever had that much visibility. And so there's also things that come along with that. And I think I got over comfortable with the fact that I was being creatively understood in thinking that I would be um, socially understood. And so there were two situations that happened that year that like really changed me in terms of my uh, consciousness around like how I'm existing in the world with my peers and also in the internets. And I ended up saying to myself, like, this is this. So to answer your question, it wasn't a strategy. It was more so just like, this was like the, the next step of things that, and they kind of all converged at one time. And then over the course of the pandemic is when it became a strategy over the course of the pandemic. And I had a lot of time alone and by myself and really also just having to figure out how to keep making this, bread you know how do you how do you continue to do so in a way that doesn't drain you and doesn't put you in the same situations that you were in before and so i tried some things i I created an app uh that was a community called sfb society and i mean it was a really good experience and i'm really glad that we went that route and tried it uh shout out to everybody who was ever (laughs) us sfb society member but i didn't know what i was doing and um, really what I needed was a community manager. And I didn't even have a word for that at the time. I just <laughs> like, and so it ended up uh, going to the wayside. And that was a whole decision even just to decide to let it go. Um, I started doing apparel for a second. I dropped a line uh, called Illustrious League and then realized like, oh, apparel is not something you can dabble in. This is an entire existence. 
And the person I was working with was an entire fraud. So like Lord. you can't have a fraud running the business. Um, so I had to let that go. So like during this time, I was trying out these different ventures that I essentially was, if, if I'm honest with myself, if I'm honest with, with the podcast. Safe space. I was trying them out, I think, subconsciously to see if there was another route outside of this Hollywood thing for me to go that was organic and that would give me financial security. And was that because you just didn't find fulfillment in the acting or the Hollywood side? Well, these people are shitty and trash. So, (laughs) yeah, like this is a shitty trash town. Um, and listen, I mean, the industry standard is people can just come and take 10% of your business without any level of proof, like (laughs) without any level of effort. Like that's the type of stuff that I'm dealing with. So, and, you know, like realizing that like my peers, um, you know, even realizing that black Hollywood was just simply not the sisterhood brotherhood that I thought it was going to be was a slap in the face. And so, you know, I had these, these, um, I guess visions of of safety <laughs> that were no longer realized and it made me say i need to i need to change how i interact with this place and some people say if you can't beat them join them but i i don't want to join them so it's like how do you you know then they say well okay um you know if you want to play the game right people always tell you, you got to play the game you know if you're in the game you got to play the game so then you have to figure out okay If I want to still do this work, then I do have to acknowledge that there is a game being played. So then how do I change how I play the game? And I'll use a baseball metaphor. Um, Because I am not a baseball fan, but I love baseball movies. And if you look at a movie like Moneyball, it wasn't uh, necessarily a foolproof success, but it was the mindset of, if we don't have the players, how do we still play? And we have to change how we do the, how we approach. Everybody else is approaching it this way. Let's approach it a different way. And so really it's just a mind state of saying, let me find another way to approach. And I don't think enough of us think that way, to be honest, like within Hollywood, I don't think a lot of us think that way. We really feel like there's only one way you can do it. And you're told over and over and over again, there's only one version of success. There's only one way you can do it. And I came up in hip hop and there's so many versions of success in hip hop. Yeah. I'm saying there's Jay-Z. And then there's J-Live. You know, there's people who have made very full, honest and um, joyful careers out of being able to do what they love that may don't that may not consider success to be, oh, I'm a billionaire. For them, because success is like, I get to do what I love. <laughs> like, I just, I get to be happy. I get to have autonomy. So that's the thing. I've come to a place where I understand that my joy is in autonomy, ultimately. And... And not being in, and and not being in the chase, I have no desire to chase down the opportunities that I feel like I can make for myself. And for some people, that is one. For so for some people, they're like, if I don't have a show that's as big as Abbott Elementary, then I haven't achieved success. And at one point in time, I felt that way. Whereas now, I feel like. As long as I can have enough money to take care of the people I love, to make the work I want to make, 
and to give to the platforms and the efforts that matter to me, like education and animal conservation. And, you know, the folks that I know that are maybe falling on tough times and I, you know, I can, I can give them a thousand dollars and it's not going to break me, but I know that it's going to like be a game changer for them. As long as I can do that, I'm fine. (laughs) Like not even fine. I'm genuinely happy. Small doses. We produce small doses in my house. Okay. Like, isn't it the best? (laughs) Yes, we were doing the podcast forever and I just decided, you know what, we need to do visuals. And I just looked around my house and figured out, okay, this is where we can do it. And, you know, the hardest part is is really not about figuring out your own vision. It's finding the people who can help you (laughs) in realizing that my radio show we do right here in my house. And that is no, 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 no. It's not on serious. It's a syndicated radio show. And oh, okay. it is called the Amanda Seal Show. It's on uh, Radio One and reaches with Radio One and Reach Media. It's a syndicated radio show. We're in seven markets right now, and you can also listen to it every day wherever you get your podcasts. And you know we're we're in process, like we're growing. I just got a new co-host, and it's just I say all that to say that perspective is really the thing. I'm really glad that you said that, and especially from someone who like from the outside looking in as a fan of insecure and what it meant for me as a, you know, a biracial woman and so many of, you know, I feel like just black women in general to see that representation, it really is heartbreaking to feel like that wasn't the same experience for someone who went like on the other side, like was, did you feel like everyone is praising and loving this show, but my experience has been maybe not like, do you, do you not look back on those years and feel like I was a part of this amazing thing? Does it sort of tainted by maybe some of the, the stuff that you had to go through on the Hollywood side? Well, then there's just two different things. I mean, there's the work and then there's the experience of making the work. Like the final product is what it is, but the process of that doesn't necessarily have to be the thing. Like people will tell you it's a very different feeling climbing Everest than being on top. <laughs> like I'm mm. sure, you know, like the climb is one thing and then you get to the summit and you're like, wow, this feels amazing. You're like, boy, but that climb, boy, that was, that was rough. <laughs> that was a rough ride. So yeah, well, there are two different things. My, my experience at Insecure was... Uh, was not the was not reflective of the joy that people got watching the show. Mm. Man, well, I still. I'll write a book about your, it one day. I'm sure you will, but I thank you for your, I thank you for your service because that's my comfort show. <laughs> thank you for struggling, so thank I could you. have something to do. I, I would, at 2 I would never listen. I would never consider it struggle. I would never consider it struggle, but. Uh, the sisterhood that was represented on screen just wasn't represented off screen. Well, the thing that you and Tiff had in common, you were recently in Kenya. The thing that you and I have in common is we have both collectively pissed off the AKAs. I just have to, me, me not to the extent of you, and I will never feel. No, you know, no, let me I, correct you. I did not as piss off the AKAs. You did, yes. My character, to be Tiffany fair. Dubois. How Amanda. dare you? <laughs> to this day, I cannot look at pink and green. It's just okay. Because I'll tell you really quick this story. I was I was a journalism major, graduated in 09. I was a reporter at my at my the red and black at the University of Georgia. AKAs were disbanded. They had they got like their their certification, whatever. They couldn't be 
at UGA for a while, there was some scandal with hazing, I think. And I was covering their comeback in 2008. The AKAs are back on campus. Okay. I'm a journalist. You've re- I know you appreciate journalism. I saw your, yes. your yes. IG about what is journalism. Mm-hmm. I'm here to tell the truth. Yep. I'm a black woman covering this story. I want to see us win, but I can't ignore the fact that there's you a reason why. Yeah, um, like you, you weren't here for a reason. When ah, I tell shit. you, I, <laughs> when I turned that story into my black editor in chief, who was an AKA, and she had like a band of eight, like three or four different AKA members there looking over her shoulder, telling you what I had to take out of my story yeah. and had to go up the chain to get the truth kept in the story. Yeah, I, I definitely was blacklisted after that. It was not cute. Um, I don't want to. I, don't, I just wanted to say I have felt the ch- a tiny smidge of what it is like to to upset <laughs> and all that they stand for. I, I value respect all of that, but I, I was I was not treated very nicely. I'm and sorry. I apologize for what you had to go through too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, listen. I always have AKAs come up to me and they're like, "That wasn't me. That wasn't me." <laughs> I always feel the need to say, "It wasn't me. Yeah. It wasn't me." So, yeah, it is what I it is. I mean, I think. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's good for people to hear that, you know, like going after your dreams that there are components, you know, because I think like social media entrepreneurs make make everything seem like it's sunshine and lollipops. It's beaches. It's working two hours a week. Girl, everyone with a computer at the pool. I'm like, I can't. I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't never have to work. It's because you, know, you work because you, you, you don't ever have to work because you work for somebody and you're not doing the actual job. Right. Yeah. That's or why. you are lying and you are working. That's what I'm saying. Weekend. Yes. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you are, here's the thing. I have been with people who I'm like, they're like, take my picture by the pool. And then they're like, I got to go back up to the hotel room. Cause I'm going to basically lock myself in to do yeah. the why work. Why are we you doing know? this? I don't know. Why? What's that? What's that? Honestly, though, I'm like, that's a genuine question. Why? Why the why the front? Who is it for? That People think that if I don't know why people think that somehow if you work hard for the thing, it diminishes the value of the thing. I don't that's I'm not so, really sure where that is. They want to sell the idea that it's easy so that people will pay for whatever they're selling. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think there's also something to be said for this idea, though, that like if I if I got it easily, that it's a representation of like my dopeness or my flyness yes. or something mm, like that. Yeah, that's what it is. Like I'm I didn't so, get none of really, this easy. Let me yeah, tell you was, right it, now. It's, it's the accolade of like, wow, you're so amazing that like, you know, you yourself are like, you know, everybody else, the others have to work hard, but not you because you're so, I don't even think it's necessarily to upsell or sell. It's really just to upsell or sell the image of yourself that you are othered, you are special, you're set, you're set apart. Now see, you know? remember we said yeah. perspective? To mm-hmm. me, to me, I'm like, you are special because you are doing what you want to do. <laughs> and if you want to work for somebody, that's you doing what you want to do. If you want to work for yourself, that's you doing what you want to do. To me, it's like, are you reliable? Like, are you, do you follow through? Do you have a good, like, do you work? Like, cause there's really a movement right now of like, I don't want to work. And I'm like, I don't know how there's a, what I would love to see a movement of is I want to feel fulfilled in my work. That's a movement, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think this idea that you would beget from not sowing the seed is, 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 is not practical, right? Like 
there's and I know that people are like, well, you need to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then Rich Dad, Poor Dad, they say that rich people don't work. And it's like they don't work because they're exploiting people. Yeah. Preach. That's why they don't work. So is that what you aspire to? Do you aspire to be able to exploit people so that you don't have to work? Because that's not what I aspire to. I aspire to being able to work smart enough to where I can have real pockets of time off where I'm not, where I'm not subconsciously stressing, right? Like that's, but that doesn't mean I don't have to work. I remember yesterday I said to myself, you're going to have to work really hard tomorrow. (laughs) Like, So sit out here and uh, enjoy this hour of time, knowing that you're going to commit yourself to working hard tomorrow and I'm going to feel good about it. Like I just, cause it's hard to, as a, someone who owns a company and you have to hire folks, it's hard hiring in an environment where people, I don't want to use the, the language that's now become buzzworthy of like, nobody wants to work. I don't want to use that language, but I, I do think that there isn't enough of a distinction between doing fulfilling work and just doing a job. Yeah. Believe me, I'm a career coach. The quiet quitting, I, I have so many, I have so many thoughts about that. And the bare minimum Monday. And I get it's it's like the it's it's we've taken it too far. I believe that there is this beauty of like people like Tiffany, for example, has been such an ex- an amazing example of embracing the soft life and being successful without sacrificing your values, sacrificing your sanity, you know, getting self-care wrapped into it. And then there's this idea that if you work hard, you are somehow selling out or you're not doing. And it's like, but if you, it's it's people, we just need to teach people how to find their own path perspective, Mm -hmm. right? What your path is. And then of course, fighting for that and working hard for that, then it doesn't feel like I am working in a vacuum. I'm working for someone else. I'm working toward a cause that I don't believe in. When you can find the thing that you want to be doing it, it, it's work and it feels good. And you can work, the thing is, is that like, because people ask me all the time, because I am like semi-retired now, but that's because, I mean, I busted my ass for 15 years, too much so, honestly. Mm. I overworked, like where like my blood pressure was like, so we're going to have a heart attack, just so you know. Yo. You know, like it was like, I was... I, I overworked. And so now when I talk to like my mentees and things, I'm like having your own business and things like that. You're, you're going to have to work hard, but let me show you how to bake in rest. Yeah. How to bake in, you know, because I didn't know how to do that. Take I was like, a lunch. Seven days a week. Yeah. When I tell you literally, <laughs> I, every second of the day, I don't care if I was on the toilet. I was just, there was I never hear, a moment I know. that I was not. And so I, I was know. like, yeah, that's not like, I understand that there's hard work, but I had to learn to be yes. like, Take a Tiffany, lunch, have an end of day. Yes, yeah, because there was no end of day. L- literally, mm-hmm. it, sometimes I would wake up three o'clock and like I'm like, oh, don't forget all my to do. I had my phone next to me to do list, uh, and so I'm like, yeah, I that's know. actually not the ideal. It. And it, you know, I just I had to really learn to to dial it back, and also too, I had to learn well, like what is the end goal. I'm pretty mm-hmm. frugal, and so like I lived off of not all that I made, and you know I got financial like help even though I this is what I do I knew I needed the doctor needed a doctor and so I'm like okay now I'm in a position where I don't have to do you know I didn't have to do all that I did but I've actually know that now and I can live from a space of like you know what I've I've taken care of my family and friends everyone for the most part is good and healthy and like I still love to do the work I love to teach black women about money but you know I don't have to break my back which is what I believed before that like in order to like, you know, and I'm like, to what end, you know, like, 
to what I feel end? like it's like, two know, extremes. I, like on one hand, like so if you if you have an immigrant parent, they're like, if you're enjoying your job, job <laughs> then you sh- then you're not you're really working. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you should not be enjoying your job. How dare you? Suspicious. Very. It's sus. <laughs> yeah. And then on the and, and then like on the flip side, it's like the vibe right now is if you are working, <laughs> you be in play. and i am just like like when i saw the stay-at-home girlfriend movement start happening i was like i i I guess i'm officially of a different time because here's the thing i think people think my husband passed away a little 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 under two years ago and the world will tell you like get married do all the things and like you know It'll all work out. And the truth of the matter is, even if you have this amazing partner and things like, you know, things happen. So what what do you do when you place your whole life in the hands of someone else? It is literally my worst nightmare for someone to be in charge of me fully. And so I cannot so imagine placing love my it. whole financial life people into someone People love it. Else. Look at I Latasha just, Scott of Xscape. People love it. They, just, but it's codependency. And that's, a, that's what we have been trained to be. I mean, to each her own. Yes. I'm Amanda, not here to judge, but I'm just like, yeah, take care of yourself. I mean, every adult should be able to take care of themselves. That's my thing. I really feel mm-hmm. like it's less about judgment and more about just in, in edu- educating. Because I think for a lot of women, we are shown one version of things. And then we grow up and we decide that that version is the only version. And then we start telling other women that they're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And ultimately, I just feel like any scenario where somebody has power over you is not the best scenario to be in. And that's a blanket statement. Any, it's just not. And, you know, if you're working for somebody, yes, they are providing you your salary, right? They're providing you your money. But you have the power within yourself to save, to make sure that if they decide to pull a carpet out from under you, uh, that you are not completely left out in the, in the cold. Right. Also you want to be able to file repercussions if need be, but I just think that there's a, there's an awareness that we have to have for the fact that we have agency and that no one's coming to save you. No Same one's again. coming to save No you. one's coming to save us. People look for security in their jobs, but it's security in our, I tell them all the time, it's, it's you are your own security. You have yeah. to be. Resiliency is something that. So uh, I'll tell you this, even when I was doing Insecure, yeah. um, you know, one of the biggest things that I held myself to was making sure that I continued to build my own, my own world while I was on that show. Because what happens is you get on a show that that's that's that big and now you put all your eggs in that basket and Mm -hmm. you just become attached to that project and you stop building what you were building before because now you went over here and you made it right. You made it. But then that's going to come to an end at some point. Right. And then when it comes to an end, you go back to your stuff and your stuff is like ancient ruins. Like you, it hasn't advanced. And so now you got to like do catch up. So I really held myself to making sure that I never stopped building my dream while I was being a part of building Issa's. And there's something to, um, you know, there's something to that, that really like 
also gives you a certain level of foundation. So even when you're in a job that maybe isn't like showing up for you the way that you want it to in all these other spaces, when you keep building in your own space, it does allow you to have this other respite. And it really like helps with the mental health of things to know that you have this other, not just your home, but you have this other career home to go to, so to speak, yes. right? And so that I built Smart own. Funny and Black Up during that time. I built Smart Funny and Black Up during that time and I never forgot about it. I never let it become a side piece. <laughs> And I am really proud of myself, y'all. I'm really proud of myself about that because I I, it's still going. You know, we have Smart Funny and Black on May 18th at the at the Novo. And I don't even have a comedy agent right now. I don't have any bookings right now. I'm in the process of really being independent, y'all. It's a new Mm. it's a new level of independent right now. Because your girl got to create and figure out how to get her own bookings and her own shows with my team. And this is a new space that I'm that I'm venturing in. And I really honestly feel like it's like, again, God, the universe, Dumbledore is just pushing me and saying, like, how you've been doing it hasn't worked. And if you keep trying to do it that way, you're on Confucius's list of insane people that keep doing things the same way and expecting a different outcome. So try some other shit. Try you know, yeah. and uh, you can get your tickets, by the way, to Smart, Funny and Black at AmandaSeals.com. It's going to be Wayne Brady versus Jaleel White. It's going to be amazing. Yes! Uh, <laughs> what? I love that. I love that. Jaleel well, I, that's actually, I was going to say like, yeah, this is the promotional component. Like where, where can people find you? Where can people support you? Everywhere. But tell yes. them where you are. <laughs> There's no so way you're you not can, You can, I mean, the hub is AmandaSeals.com and that'll take you to my Patreon, the Amandaverse. Uh, for $5 a month, you get extended content from our podcast, Small Doses. You get extended content from the other stuff I'm doing, like Amanda Reacts. We also do a series called Watch With Me on uh, on my Patreon where I watch shows and you watch me watch the shows. And if you know me, my commentary is its own show. Uh, like so right Jones. now, the show that we're watching <laughs> is SWV and Escape Queens of R&B, which I thought was going to be a show about 90s R&B. And it's actually a show about toxicity and the need for therapy within families. So that's a show that we're watching. Um, you can also check me out on Amanda Seals TV on YouTube. Really excited to have launched that space and to be creating content within that space. And it's just so wild to, you know, as an adult, you, you forget that you can still impress yourself. And, um, these, these victories, become few and far between when you get older, right? Like when you're younger, it's like, I got into college. I got into cheerleading squad. I got a man. I got it. I got it. Like you have a lot of victories, right? And then you get older and it's like, I don't know the last time that I was real excited <laughs> about win. Yeah, I wanted to win. And something your mom can hang on the wall. Yeah. It's like, mm. and so with, with uh, the YouTube, it's something that I've invested my time. I've invested my money in. I've invested my vision in, and we're starting to see growth. Like we, we grew 25,000 subscribers in six weeks. 
And is a scripted series on YouTube or what are you doing? Just your own show? So we have small doses on YouTube. Uh, The visuals of small doses. We also have uh, my travel log coming soon, which is Amanda on the move. We also have Amanda reacts. So we have me reacting to uh, black pop culture moments. Like when TLC was at the Grammys and said, we're broke. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Reacting to the strong J you don't want these pussy scene in boomerang, (laughs) etc. Etc. We also have a series called Rebels and Radicals on there where I basically like break down, sorry, where I break down quotes from uh, iconic rebels and radicals of our time that I'm actually going to reimagine as more, uh, I think I want to reimagine it as more for YA. There's a part of me that feels, not a part of me, there's a large part of me that understands that our young people are our rebels and radicals and mm-hmm. really like aligning them with the folks that have came, that came before them and reminding them or just alerting them to like, no, you right. You right. Am I not young uh, people anymore? Am I past my... <laughs> Am I not? I you don't ain't think YA. I'm YA anymore. Nope. <laughs> you're not a Z, are you? No. <laughs> I'm a millennial. So, <laughs> so that's like the that that's like a the, the YouTube space was something I looked at as very beneath me, and I was wrong. Hmm. I looked at it like, oh, that's like influencers, like that's YouTubers. I'm not a YouTuber, and yeah. you know, here on a podcast that's about entrepreneurship, I had to get over myself and understand that I was absolutely ridiculous in saying that because what was what youtube was was creatives who were entrepreneurs that's Hell what it yeah. is and i did not Do respect not that and i'm YouTube. and i'm ashamed Quinta Brunson <laughs> started on on vine okay i did not <laughs> yeah but she didn't start as an entrepreneur and that's what that's this the thing is true so it's it's like there's one thing to be a creative it's another thing to understand creativity in commerce and i've had to really learn i've had to choose to be a businesswoman it wasn't it wasn't something I wanted to be, y'all. It was something I've had to learn to be and I've had to find the ways in which I can be a businesswoman that still feel natural to me, that still feel, um, that don't feel like a contradiction of my integrity, right? Like it, yeah. it, it is important to me to do my best version of ethical capitalism, which in many ways is an oxymoron. So it's like, how do you, do that well you make sure that everything you create serves the people in some shape way or form that's one two you make sure that you are always giving uh financially to spaces that need it always like i give damn near every day to something if i'm not paying for a cat's cancer surgery i'm paying for kids to go (laughs) i'm paying for kids to go to school in kenya if i'm not paying 22 right 28 28. Um, you know, if I'm not donating to Scarface's campaign when he was running for office, I am over here, you know, trying to create a smart, funny and black show for free in Nashville that will help continue to amplify the Tennessee three, as well as the black folks in these towns that are not being spoken for. So like, that's a part of the efforts. Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm finally getting to a point in my career where I'm established enough to understand that that is the direction I want to go in. And so when that manager came along, I really feel like it was that, that mark on the road, that part on the path where you're met with a stranger and it's a, spirit check to decide what are you really aligned with and depending on your answers is going to determine what that what that path becomes 
And literally the next day, I had a coincidence happen that was so wildly coincidental that it was like, okay, you're back on your path. (laughs) You're back on your path. And right now my path feels more than ever about how do I make sure that I am available for the revolution that is at hand. Amanda, it's been, honestly, this has been like, our, I think you've been our, like our best, well, no shade to any other people we've interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say top three, and you guys can guess the other two. Um, <laughs> top three, she ain't, she ain't two or three. <laughs> Appreciate that. I feel like you could be our third co-host, honestly. <laughs> no, honestly. Thank you so, 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 so much for spending time with us, for sharing your your energy, your light, your laughter, your knowledge, you know, your grace, you know, just and your blackness, honestly. I love it. Mm-hmm. Just thank you so much for coming today. Thank y'all. I um, thank you for giving us time. We really, really appreciate it. Don't take it for granted at all. No, I really appreciate it. And I also appreciate being called a businesswoman because <laughs> that you truly are. has been a real learning curve. And for anyone out there who is pursuing entrepreneurship and leadership, please be patient and graceful with yourself. It is can I, not. Go ahead. I was going to ask you, can I ask if you have any mentors in this space that you have? We talked about sister friends and how you have to collect new ones as you go to no. different Different? Okay. I've tried. You're figuring it out on your own. I love I've it. <laughs> you, well, you know what it is, is um, I was not a, I was never, how do I put it? In my upbringing, in my like training, I was not treated softly. And so I didn't truly start to understand the value of that in leadership until I was in leadership, right? And I've had to really learn how to be a a more effective leader in softness um, without Mm. it being weakness. Because that was the thing. It was like, whenever I was trying to do that, it, it was actually translating as weakness. And so then it was ineffective. So it's been working on how to get you know, get the best from people. And I want to be clear. It's not about getting the most. It's getting the best, you know, because ultimately that is what makes folks feel good about the work, you know, especially when you're able to synthesize something that they didn't even know they had. We have an editor right now that came on as part of my internship. And I mean, Calvin is one of the most gifted editors I have ever witnessed in my entire life life and he does not do this as a career (laughs) like it's a side job you know and i am like can we get this youtube popping so i can just pay calvin to to quit his job so he can just do this (laughs) full time because he is so brilliant he should i just feel like he shouldn't have to do anything but this (laughs) like and so like i i I say that just because I, i don't think people really understand and i can say this as someone who has been both in leadership and been an employee like they we just don't understand the true difficulty in how dif- like in what it is i really like i i have been on both sides of that and like running a business is hard managing people is harder mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all <laughs> and being we a person being- tell us the truth yes well, just being a person being managed, right? Like sometimes like you mm-hmm. got to get over yourself because you're like, I need this and I need that. And you're like, 
hmm, this is a small business. <laughs> like, this is one person running this. Like, can I maybe be a bit more, like, forgiving? Can I maybe... Graciousness. Re- gracious. I know for me... Sorry, I was running. <laughs> I know for me... um, one of the things that was very frustrating in this business of trying to create my own content was really getting people to understand I am not NBC. Stop treating me and having the expectations of me as an individual trying to make something. Stop trying to have the same expectations of me that you would have for a studio. Help me out. (laughs) You know, and I don't mean help me out, like do this shit for free. That's not what I mean. I just mean like have a little patience with me. Like, yeah, you know, just have a little grace, have a little, have a little understanding of the fact that like, I'm trying, man, I'm trying, I'm just trying to do something. And sometimes when you, when you aren't the person who does that, you can't, you're not seeing that you're just like, I need to protect myself. And the last thing I'll say is this, I feel like in our efforts as black folks to protect ourselves professionally, we are harder on other black folks than we are on white people. That has been my experience. Mm. Now, I know that I can say that because I've had many other people tell me that that has been their experience too. (laughs) And we are, there's a fear and a distrust that we have for each other that I genuinely don't think we be having for them. And it's like, the, I, the white man's what, water is colder, right? White man's ice is colder, right? <laughs> I don't know what that is. I, but I want, I want us when we're in these spaces to try our best to check that. Sometimes you're right. Cause sometimes it is like, oh, that's not my kin folk. That's just, that's the skin folk. That ain't my kin folk sometimes. But sometimes it really is like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, cause I know when I saw you over there at day show, you wasn't doing that. Why? Why are we being so hard on each other? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I so like shout out to everybody who's doing it. Who's doing it, trying, think, to admit, trying to make it happen. Brown Ambition is a space where we, let's see, we, are the, we represent the antithesis of that. And I'm so glad that you spoke on that too, because I feel like we have to be, we have to give grace to ourselves before we can give it to others. And part of that mm-hmm. just comes from how bad are you treating yourself? You know, so to hear that you've learned, you know, through leadership, that it doesn't mean weakness to be empathetic and to give grace and to give space, you know, and to give people the benefit of the doubt. It's not weak. It's not weak. It's it's great leadership. And it's also good for yourself because you can then turn around and give that in return to yourself. You can apologize, you know, when you mess up. <laughs> yeah. Y'all should like, try it. I mean... I had to apologize to somebody while we was doing this podcast. Like, ooh, my fault, my bad. <laughs> Why do I feel like you've written a screenplay? But I'm watching the eye contact and I don't. It's no, she's quite, good. And I don't think she you're going to forget any of this. She's like, she like, I social post, <laughs> led in the cleaning people. Did oh some, I mean, I hired yes. somebody. Yeah, you like so, on a date? That's what I, I hired somebody <laughs> while we've been doing this podcast, just so you know. <laughs> and I hope that at no point in this podcast you felt like I wasn't paying attention. No, because no, I was. No, we, and I have been. So I've been locked grateful. in. Yeah, uh, so but I realized that I had told somebody, like, you'll hear from me on Monday, and they didn't hear from me. And I'm like, I, they have to hear from me on Tuesday then. They came, yes. you know, so... <laughs> But uh, this has been a delight. You all are delightful. And uh, thank you again. And I just think it is super wild that I saw you in Kenya and didn't even know. (laughs) (laughs) That's 
gonna like literally five hours from now, I'm gonna be like, that's crazy. <laughs> Jumbo. Look at <laughs> that. How about son? Y'all, everyone goes to Kenya and learns those three things. Yeah, Jumbo, Habarigana, Asante Sana. And then you feel like, I'm African. I'm out here. I'm in Kenya. This is a different kind of thing. No, really. That's that's hilarious. You all have a great one. Imani, I want to name this. Uh, um, this is our our um, our producer. Let's name it um, Smart. What is it? Um, smart, funny, smart and black? funny, and black. Yeah, smart, funny, and black. That's what I want to name this episode with Amanda Seal. Smart, funny, and black. I need because, that yeah, sweatshirt ASAP. ASAP. Well, if yeah. I could figure out merch because it is. <laughs> yeah, merch, merch is it, merch is the is the is the great white whale for me. Every time I try it, and I tried. Uh, it's like that Cat Williams bit where he's like, you know, you're trying shit, trying shit, won't work. Trying shit, trying shit, won't work. Trying shit, trying shit, won't work. That's me and merch. It's just, I have yet to find a company or a process that distribution. Is, yeah. What about Miss Beat? What's the girl that you, what's the brand that you partnered with Tiffany for your, your shirts? Girl, it was the a black, hot mess too. That's, you see that? Oh, you see, you. I don't have no merch because that's everybody struggles with merch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, girl. <laughs> hey, BA fam, we could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition podcast is produced by Imani Crosby and Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru. I am your co-host, Mandy Woodruff Santos, and we will see y'all next week, BA fam. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.